This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. And coming up to eight past, uh, what are we, eight past midday. Great to have your company wherever you might be tuning in. And uh, you are listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren, through the SEN 1170 app. So I'm glad you found your way there. And uh, let us know where you're listening from. I'm asking the question out there, just throwing it out there. What uh, have you missed? What have you missed most from the 80s and the 90s? Uh, if you are of that age, uh, from the 80s and 90s, in line with uh, Fox Sports Retro Round, what do you miss about the footy these days that isn't there, that used to be there? Uh, I was saying earlier, I miss uh, the kids running on the field. And we had a race to get to the corner post. Back then, it was the cardboard corner post, black and white spiral. Do you remember them? And uh, we'd all race and fight each other for the corner post. And those that would win would grab a corner post, and then we'd have a sword fight. Uh, with our corner post behind the behind the uprights. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, send us a text. Uh, hit the text button. Let us know what you missed most from the 80s and the 90s. Just back on that swimming. So uh, qualifying times confirming for you. Uh, Emma McKeon has qualified first fastest and uh, Kate Campbell, uh, the other Aussie, third fastest. So um, we could well be going for gold and a bronze or maybe even a one-two, a gold and a silver in the 100 free final tomorrow. Plenty more swimming coming up as well. We've got the women's 200 fly final. Brianna Throssell will be in that. And uh, then a little bit later on, we've got the men's 100 freestyle final as well. King Kyle uh, Chalmers is in that. Well, from King Kyle to King Kamali, Brett Kamali is on the line. How are you, bud? Oh, hello, Chris. How are you, buddy? Doing my best. I guess you're absorbed by the Olympics like most of us, and uh, we, we tend to forget there's a pretty big game of footy on tonight. Yeah, that's right. I, I think, as you'd understand, uh, most people are watching the Olympics. It's been great, great coverage. Um, and obviously, as you said, the, a lot of the Australians are doing extremely well. So um, it's funny, as you said, it's, there is a great round of rugby league and potentially um, we're getting close to the end of the competition, round 20, and only goes to round 25. So a couple of desperate sides this weekend, but um, we won't hear much about that until pretty much the day of the game or until kickoff because, as you said, it's all consumed by the Olympics, which is a great yeah. thing. Now, you've got you've got a few girls, a few daughters, I mean, and, and yourself, you're a sports nut. I get, You can't help but sort of get swept away with it. Like, um, And even sports that you might not have any... You know, an interest in or a passing interest in. You're sort of, you're sort of glued to the set. What have you enjoyed? Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, my girls were watching softball the other day. Mm. Uh, we've been watching some of the gymnastics. We, we are. I'm keen to watch the golf. I'm obviously being a golf fan. I'm looking yeah. forward to watching the golf. Um, what some the, the canoeing? Um, so yeah. So as you said, there's multiple sports happening every day in different sports and. Uh, I think one of my girls, I think it's ham, ham, is it handball? I think she's looking forward to watching handball. Yeah, well, I haven't seen it, but my, my kids love the handball. I don't know if it's the same yeah. type of handball. Is it the same type of handball, Cowboy It's now? not the one you play at school. No, it's a different kind of handball. Different one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to watch and see. Watch it. It's yeah, good. It's... I was pretty good at handball, actually, not at school. Suppose you were well, you king of the king, king of the king of the king of oh, the handball court. I took it very seriously. I was pretty good at footy cards too. Did you play footy cards, or am I a bit older than you? Where you got to flick uh, them up against look, the wall? 
Nah, mate, you're way older than me. So I might have Ray Price, you might have Gavin Miller, and I'll play you a price for a Miller, and you've got to flick it up yeah. against the wall, whoever gets closest wins. Oh. And then oh, I had a massive stack of Scanlon's cards. Anyway, oh. anyway, yeah, sorry, I am giving my age away a little bit. Now, listen, why don't we talk about tonight's game then, or before yeah. even that, the Roosters uh, on game day. Uh, Dale Copley has joined them. He won't be playing tonight, but he has joined the club for the rest of the season. Um and, you know, they are desperate for outside backs. There might be some thinking, well, hang on, he's struggling to get a start at Brisbane, but um, he's still got something to offer, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, And he's played for the Roosters as well, so they'd know the character of the person uh, more than the talent of the person, I suppose. But you're right, I think we're going to come down... I think there's going to be a lot of upsets the next few weeks. I think you're going to have some players that are drained, um, some clubs that are really injury-affected, uh, which, which will hurt the competition. And, and I think... You know, we're, we're talking about up, what is up to August 1. You can sign with a new club or, or transfer to mm. a new club. And then um, hopefully the loan loan deals are back on the table, which seems to be happening here as well. So I think the Roosters will try and acquire potentially one or two more other players between now and the end of the season. Um, you know, obviously, Tevita Pangai Jr. is going to go to the Penrith and, and fill a gap when James Fisher-Harris, well, he has left to go home and watch the birth of Israel. So I think you'll see some weird rotational things happening in this period of football, but it's great that we can sort of move and adjust the goalposts with everyone having to be relocated, and they're only originally allowed 30 players to travel uh, and be a part of those, um, you know, the, all the bubble coming out of Queensland. Mm. Talking of... I think, I think, Dale, I think Dale Copley will be good. He, you know, he's going to be in a great team. Yeah. Back in a good system and a good team. I think it, it, for the amount of limited time that we see him for, I think he'll go very well. And and you often see a player, you know, a change that brings brings out the best in them too. You know, a fresh environment, new new voice, new coach, um, and he has played, as you say, under Trent uh, before. Um, we'll talk about that match match in a moment. While we're talking about player transfers and all that, and a bit of silly season, isn't it? So, uh, James Roberts, um, and talking of, of bubble bubble breaches. Uh, what did you make of that, firstly, before we talk about uh, who is looking to come to the West Tigers? I see they're, uh, they're keen on Curtis Scott from Canberra, who's uh, had his own problems. Before we talk about that, um, James Roberts' breach, what did you make of yeah, that? Uh, yeah, obviously it's, it's unfortunate for James that he was up there and quarantining on his own, I believe it was. I'm not too sure the whole um, scenario behind it all, but... Uh, yeah, obviously he's been fined a, a little bit of money, or a lot of money, seven and a half thousand, and a one match suspension. So um, I think a little bit disappointing from the player, but uh, obviously under very strict government protocols. So um, I, I, you know, hopefully now that he knows the rule and bits and pieces in the system, I think it'd be extremely hard. But yeah, it's, mm. um, unfortunately that's just what it is. And as you said, I think Curtis Scott, Curtis Scott, you know, was a really good junior player coming through the Cronulla ranks. Goes to Melbourne, has great success. Um, and unfortunately, he's had some off-field issues, but never had. You know, no one's ever said he's not a very good football player. So, mm. um, if he can get his off-field behaviour back on track, uh, and now he's very young as well, then he could have a, a really good career in front of him. Otherwise, if all the off-field dramas keep affecting him, he'll have a very short career. Um, I forgot he was a Cronulla but, junior, right? Yeah, yeah, high, high, massive raps on him here coming through the ranks, and obviously Melbourne. Uh, well, were the club that was able to pinch him out of the Shire, and then he had great success. I think you know anyone that's been in the in the Melbourne system becomes a better player or a better person. Um, and again, as I said, he's had some difficulties off the field, but um, you know he's a quality centre. He's a great. He knows how to defend very, very well. Uh, he's reasonably quick, so I think he'd be a great short-term um, purchase for the Tigers. Uh, 
And who knows mm. whether if he goes well enough there for the Tigers for in a short-term deal, he could push himself to get a contract there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't even remember that Curtis was at Cronulla. And that would have been during the period when Cronulla was acting as a, a feeder club to the Storm, right? Uh, a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah potentially, yeah. Um, he was obviously a great schoolboy player and a, a local kid coming through. I think he signed with Melbourne when he was 18 years of age, right. 19 years of age. So okay. um, they recognised him very early, as they have done with the, with the Pappenhausens, the Grants, and and a few of those others that they've got um, their recruitment right. But, mm. you know, I, and I think obviously for the Tigers, um, Adam Dewey playing so well at 5'8", potentially moves him into being that the 5'8 there next year, definitely. And then obviously we've got a, a centre coming over from England. So there's potentially a centre position available for someone if they want to grab it. Mm. Two big games this weekend, Nod and uh, SEN. Our people here have got you involved in both of them, hey? So they're showing some foresight. They've got the... King Kamali on the big games. Roosters-Eels and Melbourne v Penrith. Let's first off with tonight's game, Roosters v Eels. Uh, they really need to bounce back from last week. The Eels, they were out-muscled by the Canberra forwards, and I guess they'll be hoping to make a statement tonight against the Chooks. If they can't, well, I tell you what, um, it's probably worrying signs for Parramatta for the rest of the season. Yeah, they got, bullied by the, they got out-bullied by the bullies in some regards last week, and they didn't handle it very well, so... Parramatta normally play that really tough, physical, dominant performance and Canberra Raiders forward pack match them and, and come over the top of them. So uh, I think they struggle a little bit, obviously, without Mitchell Moses. Tackle five finishes aren't quite as good and, um, you know, it puts a bit of pressure on how they're going to score points. So they, they've got a horrendous run Parramatta in as well. They play they play South City next week. Uh, South City next week and then they go off and play Manly the week after that. Mm. And then beyond that, they also have... Oh, they've got the Cowboys. I think they finished with Penrith as well. So Yeah, they do. And they've got the Storm um, as well. This is a massive game for Parramatta, um, who I think are on the slide, who I think uh, are potentially a big chance of getting beat tonight. Um, big challenge for the Roosters forward pack to to win tonight's physical battle in the middle. Um, and again, it puts a bit of pressure on Tedesco to be a freak, which he can do pretty regularly um, and does do it pretty often. Uh, and the interesting fact is Joseph Manu playing on the wing. So I think he'll roam around the field, which could be more dangerous. So a little bit of pressure on Sam Walker and Drew Hutchinson for sort of game control, I suppose, and management. But I think if the Roosters can hold Parramatta and match physically and don't let any softish tries in, uh, I think there's a chance of an upset because of Tedesco getting three points. He'll get three points for our Metricon Player of the Year points tonight if he's able to do that. I don't believe it. Oh, you're going the early crow on Tedesco, are you? What about yeah, Guffo? Yeah. Well, if, if, if the Roosters win, oh, okay. Tedesco's been the match. I yeah, think. right. Um, if they win, yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure. It's, I'm pretty sure it might be Jad Rear Hargreaves' two fiftieth match for that's the Roosters. Correct. As yes, well. you're right. You are. Um, so that he, he's a, been a great leader of the football club, and I think that's a great milestone to achieve. So I think the rest of his teammates will. Um, will respond to that. So, yeah, you're right. Great clash tonight. I'm looking forward to it. The Roosters, Noddy, they've won four of their past five games against the Eels, and Parramatta have not beaten the Roosters twice in the same season. For how long, do you reckon? 12 years. Yeah, not bad. 14 years. So uh, they're hoping to do the double tonight, Parramatta. So you think there might be a little upset there. Okay. Um, I'm I'm thinking it's a lot closer than people believe it is. Don't throw that line out there. Who wins? I think the, I think the Roosters can win. Yeah, definitely. No, not can win. Who wins? Who are you tipping? Uh, the, the Roosters win by two. Thank you. Eels win by four. Melbourne v Penrith. Now, 
How do we look at this one? Okay, so Penrith are missing, you know, I guess, half of their team almost, of their regular starters. They're going to go into the game. They're going to give it their best shot. And they're either going to get toweled up or they might spring a surprise or might even go very, very close to Melbourne. Um, mentally, I'm wondering how this match plays out, given these two oh. you, you would think will meet again. Yeah, they'll meet again, definitely. As you said, at some stage, unless they'll have to meet at some stage. But if there's an upset in the semi-final and they have to play for a grand final qualifier, will mm. they? Well, actually, you know what? They could actually not meet because they could be. They could both get beat on grand final qualifier match. Well, that could be big upsets. Um, yes. But no, you're right. Um, we think they will meet at some resta- some stage. They're the best two teams in the competition. Penrith have got six out, so um, I think they take not much out of this game on the weekend. If they get beat convincingly, there'll be no mental scarring because of the fact they got six out. Mm. I think psychologically, it gives Melbourne a boost if they win by a big margin um, and makes them feel good about themselves. They're nearly back to full strength, Melbourne. Um, and obviously, Penrith are lacking some quality players. The big thing, I think, for Penrith is this is about, you know, um, I know you're out of troops and you're down in troops mm. a little bit. Nathan Cleary, um, the best kicking game in the competition, best game manager in the competition. But I think standards would be quite high at Penrith that they'd want to put a good performance in without the key players. Um, you know, defend well, be lots, have lots of energy. And I think there's actually an opportunity for Penrith to try some different style of football, a different type of attack, and work out if where they think the Melbourne Storm's deficiencies are in defence. If they do meet later in the season, well, then they've got half of a plan they can take it in with. And obviously, then they're going to get the better players back to execute it as well. So I think it's a little bit of a, um, a, free, a, a free throw in some regards for Penrith in this match just to do whatever they want and come up with whatever they want, but also have their standards defensively held very high. Mm-hmm. All right. Tip for this one. I think Melbourne win. I think Melbourne win quite comfortably, um, which is disappointing for the hype of the game. But um, unfortunately, and you know, this this shows me that at the end of the year, the teams that will play in the grand final are going to be the healthiest rosters, and the team that wins the grand final has probably got the healthiest roster because we we all think Penrith can't challenge Melbourne because they got five or six out. Well, but if you got four or five out at the end of the year, you can put a line through you. All right, mate. Thanks for jumping on the line, Noddy. Uh, look forward to tuning in to you on the SEN commentary tonight, the Chooks v. the Eels, and then you again Saturday, Melbourne v. Penrith. I won't be tuning into that one because I'll uh, I'll be calling that one myself. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you, Chris. Hey, buddy. Thanks, Brett. There he is, Brett Kamali. Uh, we'll take a break. You're listening to Higher Ground on the SEN app.